0: Hey, happy World Down Syndrome Awareness Day. I want to do a replay of one that I had with my buddy David Marmon about his special daughter, Maddox, who has Down Syndrome and is an absolute blessing in the world. Give us a lesson. I think it'll be a blessing in your life as well.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Relentless Positivity Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Martin. We've got an awesome guest today with my boy, David Marmon. Uh, we were on the offensive line together. We were in the same trailer park, had the same major in school. Uh, he's had, he had a lot of confidence over the years. So right now what he's doing is strength conditioning specialist for the 21st Special Tactics Squadron for the Air Force in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. And before that, he had his own fitness business, Marm and Muscle. Uh, Joe Martin Fitness over here, Marm and Muscle over there. Very <laughs> creative name. So. He Marvin Muscle, he trained youth, high school, college, professional, tactical, special needs, and recreational athletes. He also was a strength conditioning coach for the 757 Swim Club during that time. Also served on their board of directors. Uh, before that, he was a college strength coach, University of Washington, Indiana State, Iowa, William and Mary, maybe of a little school you've heard of, University of Miami in Florida. He's got a master's degree in kinesiology from Georgia Southern, where he served as a graduate assistant, strength and conditioning coach. He's got a bachelor's degree from the Auburn University in health promotion. He's married to former Iowa Hawkeye standout, Britta Vogel, was back in the
0: day, what she was called. They have two kids, Maddox and Bo. You'll learn more about them later. But, David, I just read a bunch of your stuff. Thanks for coming on, man.
2: Dude, thanks for having me. This is a blast.
0: It's felt
1: so weird calling you David.
2: <laughs> you can call me you, you can call me marmon <laughs> Where are my comfort zone today,
1: so yeah appreciate you coming on man let's uh, let's talk a little bit so uh, where did you grow up
2: so i grew up with you in huntsville alabama um let's see what was my path chaffee elementary whitesburg middle school grissom high school and then we went to auburn together uh and then i went to grad school georgia southern um but yeah I uh, enjoyed growing up in Huntsville had a pretty uh, stellar childhood you know got involved in sports at a young age. I was a little fat kid and mom threw me into the sports that required no skill They were just pretty much violent based sports like uh, football and wrestling and uh, and that's what I did you know all through my youth and through uh, through high school so well, yeah as
1: long as we lived in the same trailer park. Unspeakable things happen at the trailer park. That's a whole other podcast, but let's kind of fast forward there. So you're at William & Mary. And uh, so what happened? How did you get to William & Mary? So a lot of people have heard of that. But people know exactly where it is. So how'd you wind up there?
2: Yeah, I'd never even heard of it before I uh, got hired there. I just finished my, um, my master's degree at Georgia Southern, and I was applying for full-time jobs. And uh, I think I got I got two job offers. One was at San Jose State University which in case you don't know, it's like the most expensive place on the planet. Um, um, And and I think the salary they offered me was like $15,000 a year. So basically I would have been living below the poverty line. And my other option was to go to the College of William & Mary. And so a little research, learn more about the school, the academic uh, prowess of the university and um, sort of the traditions of some of their athletic programs. So I ended up uh, going to the College of William & Mary and that was my first full-time coaching position in college athletics, and had a ton of responsibility, I probably worked 60-70 hours a week there, um, and just engulfed myself in my job, you know, I didn't, wasn't in any relationship at the time, and just wanted to learn, and, you know, develop my craft as much as I can, really apply the things I'd learned in school uh, with real-life athletes, so it was a great experience. Cool.
1: So you were not in a relationship, so how do you, how do you meet the Brenna of-
0: yeah,
2: heard. Great question. I was the uh, the creepy strength coach that uh, asked this former athlete out on a date. Um, uh, so I left uh, the college when married to take a job at the University of Iowa, and uh, Britta was a senior uh, soccer player when I arrived, and then she graduated. And uh, we just stayed in touch. She would still come by the gym and work out from time to time. Asked me to <clears throat> put together programs for her and there's definitely something there some chemistry um and one night i just got the nerve to call her up and she was like david who and i was like um coach marmon she's like oh hey and so i asked her if she wanted to go on a date and her excuse was that she had to study so i instantly thought i'd creeped her out and i was like that was a huge mistake and then uh, a couple days later i got the text hey Where'd you go? And uh, then there was a follow-up email, and then the rest is history. We went on our first date, uh, December sixteenth, two thousand four. I think that's the right date. And uh, after the date, I called my mom and I said, "Mom, this is the woman I'm going to marry." Unfortunately, okay. I bothered her enough until she said yes.
1: <laughs> Just wear them
2: out. That's right. Persistence.
1: Yeah, persistence. Persistence. That's it. So. How do you get back to William Merritt
2: at that So Britta was, she got into coaching as well. She was a women's soccer coach. Um, she was a graduate assistant at Indiana State. And at the time I was the head strength conditioning coach at Indiana State. And um, Indiana State was not a place where we wanted to stay long-term. We spent, I think, three years there, but we were looking to get out. And I'm interviewed for a couple coaching jobs. It just didn't pan out. And then all of a sudden, they contacted me and said, hey, they're hiring an assistant women's soccer coach. You know, Would Britta be interested? So Britta sent a resume. She went and crushed the interview and we got hired up and we moved back to Williamsburg, which was great because we had a ton of friends there and a good support system. So socially, it was an awesome um, move and it was a great career move for her at the time
1: you not familiar with that area. It's a really cool area. So I never heard of it until you moved over there. But I really love that area. So that's cool. So eventually you start growing business. How was that decision happen?
2: Yeah, I think I just grew a little frustrated at the pace at which, um, you know, I was advancing in college athletics. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a very like driven and impatient human being, and I was ready to move up the chain food chain faster than it was happening for me. And, um, I just decided, you know what, I'm going to give this thing a shot and be my own boss and hired a business coach who helped me put together a business plan. And I started off in an 800 square foot space. And I think I was 32 years old at the time. And when you're 32, you know everything, right? So I had it all figured out. <laughs> um, and in all seriousness, no, it was great. I was very passionate about what I did. And it was great to make an impact on our community. But we we grew that business from an 800 square foot space in a corner to a 10,000 square foot space, you know, several hundred members. And we even tried opening up a second location. So we had two locations at one point, but uh, you know, being an entrepreneur was great. Being my own boss was a very enjoyable experience. Um, But, you know, just as you know, Joe, like it comes with a good deal of stress too. And sometimes bigger is not always better. And with growth comes more bills and stressors and so, uh, after about nine or 10 years of that, I was ready to move on to something else.
1: Mo' money, more problems.
2: Mo' problems. That's right.
1: So <laughs> well, let's, let's, fast forward to the start of the show. So eventually little Max comes along. So tell me about leading up to the birth and everything that happened there.
2: Yeah. So, uh, we went on a beach week trip. I don't know if you were at that beach week trip in the Outer Banks. I know you went to one of them, but, um, I'm pretty sure on that little romantic getaways where beautiful young Maddox was conceived, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> nine months later, um, uh, we gave, Brita gave be- uh, birth to a beautiful little girl. Um, unfortunately, like right uh, as she was born, they sort of whisked her away and they weren't really clear as what the problems were, but <clears throat> they came back in and informed us that she had multiple holes in her heart, a collapsed lung, and they had suspicion that she had trisomy 21, otherwise known as Down syndrome. And that was a really emotional experience uh, for us, uh, just finding out that news. I mean, I think everybody has this expectation of what the day your child is born is going to be like. And typically, you don't run that scenario through your head. At least we didn't. Um, so there was definitely a few moments there where, you know, we were both alone and just had to really like cry for a few minutes because we, we didn't know what that meant. We didn't know what expected. We knew very little about Down syndrome at the time. Um, I was very, very scared that she was not going to live um, because I literally got to see her for 30 seconds and then they put her in an ambulance and took her to the um, NICU at um, CHKD Hospital in Norfolk and i'll be honest i was scared to to look at her because i was like if she doesn't make it i'm never gonna be able to erase that image from my mind but uh you know mama bear was confident the whole time she said she was never worried about maddox not making it but when we got to uh chkd uh they're miracle workers i mean like she bounced back in a matter of days um the hole in her heart actually healed on its own so she didn't require any sort of cardiac surgery, um, her follow-up appointments ever since then have been great. And she's had no, um, you know, residual effects from that. Um, but while we were there that, you know, the doctors weren't saying anything about the, the trisomy 21. So we eventually brought it up. We said, Hey, the delivering physician had mentioned that, uh, he thought Maddox might have down syndrome. What do you guys think? And instantly all these doctors were like, no way now nah, we don't think she has it we don't think she has it so there's this like glimmer of hope We're like oh well maybe our daughter doesn't have you know this uh genetic um um disorder um but we still ask them to run the tests and in the back of our minds we both knew that that she had it i mean like as soon as you find out you're googling every sort of uh characteristic of trisomy 21 trying to like look at your kid and see if they have it, whatnot. And the genetic test came back that she did have trisomy 21. And at that point we had already accepted it, but we were both just dumbfounded at the doctor's inability to communicate. Like, that's great to think that she doesn't have it, but you probably shouldn't articulate that to parents until you actually have the test results. So that was a bit of a disappointment, but you know, from my experience, doctors don't always have the best bedside manner when it comes to communication. But you know what? Uh, we started our journey. You know, the second we left the hospital to bring her home, we were there for 10 days and then we took her home. And a couple of days after that, we had uh, an organization called Child Development Resources and located in Williamsburg, had an occupational therapist, a speech pathologist, uh, physical therapist, all in our home, you know, working with Maddox, setting goals um, for with Brit and I about what what our expectations and goals were for Maddox and you know they worked with her until she was two and a half years old and transitioned her up to the point to which she started preschool I mean they even had a, a program set up where they have a school bus in the parking lot and they teach the kids to get on the school bus and they drive them around the parking lot and then have them get off the school bus just so that first day of school they're not you know confused about what to do with the school bus but regardless long story short uh, it, it was a great experience working with CDR and, and they really made our role as parents much easier because they educated us and just provided us with resources that typically we never, we never would have had if we lived anywhere else.
1: So. Kind of those, I know you and Britt are very goal-driven, goal-oriented people. So with these goals, were you like super type A driven with these goals as well?
2: Our, our number one goal is that we wanted her to be able to communicate just because we feel like in the society we live in like if you can't articulate ideas or you know process questions or have a conversation like that's going to be really really limiting so we really wanted to put the majority of the effort into like her ability to to speak and communicate and things like that and we really really lucked out because um you know you know Maddox uh is uh I guess I don't know what the, the right way to put it she's she doesn't have a lot of the typical characteristics of kids her age with Down syndrome. She definitely has some cognitive delays, but like her speech is really good. She makes eye contact very well. Um, she's got a few behavioral issues, but I think they're pretty typical for kids her age. So um, a lot of times people can't even tell that she has Down syndrome, um, unless obviously they're, they've been around folks with Down syndrome, then they can spot it pretty quick.
1: Yeah. Man, see, let's think about that. So
2: what is what is a lot of so that's one thing what do people misunderstand about people with their syndrome? You know, that's been um, you know, our biggest role as parents have been to be advocates for for Maddox. Um, whether that's communicating with teachers and administrators at schools, um, you know, we have had to bring a lawyer with us to IEP meetings just to make sure that Maddox is getting um, the services that she's legally entitled to. Um, Britta's gone to her classrooms ever since she started school and educated the kids in the class about what Down syndrome was and how Maddox was different and how she was the same. Um, Yeah, we've even had to educate our family because our family, you know, will say things from time to time that are somewhat ignorant just because they don't know any better. And we've had to sort of educate them. Um, But, you know, uh, kids with Down syndrome are no different than Um, regular kids, they're very, very different in their capabilities and personalities and limitations are all over the board. Um, But typically they have low muscle tone. So they're prone to more like, you know, musculoskeletal injuries or, you know, um, um, you know, lifestyle things like obesity, diabetes, type two diabetes, things of that nature. Um, Obviously some cognitive delays with communication, reading just understanding like processes and and instructions. Um, They typically have almond shaped eyes. They have a rather large space between their big toe and their second toe. Um, The back of their head and neck tends to be a little flatter. So they, um, like Maddox had to have uh, an X-ray of her cervical spine before she was cleared to participate in gymnastics. Like I said, we've been very, very blessed. I mean, like Maddox is incredibly muscular. Um, she's incredibly athletic. She's more athletic than her little brother is, which drives him nuts. But um, it, and you know, it's amazing. We have a tutor that comes to the house now, a la COVID, and works with her. And the other day, I watched her knock out fifty sight word flashcards in a row, where just literally reading it off the card. And if she made a mistake, she would take time and sound out the word, and then she would get it right. But, uh, I mean, again, we're, we're privileged. We have access to resources that a lot of people don't have. And you know, God bless us with an amazing little girl and it's just been awesome to watch her grow up.
1: So do you find the kids except for right away, even quicker than adults?
2: It, that's funny. You say that we're, Britt and I were talking about that in bed last night, how we, we know that her little brother knows there's something different about her. But he doesn't really, it, it, it's not important to him. You know what I mean? Like, I think one time we tried to talk to him about Down syndrome and like all he really does is like, remember Maddox has that thing, that thing you told me about, but uh, he doesn't care. You know, He's he, she's just his sister and he likes to play with her. And um, uh, And I think kids in the classroom for the most part, I think once they know why she's different, they are incredibly affectionate and supportive and like look after, but like when kids don't know, they can tend to be mean, you know? So I feel like that's why Britta felt it was important to go into the classroom and do a little education with the, the kids because as soon as they found out like, Oh, you know, she has Down syndrome. Okay. Well, what does that mean? Does it hurt? Is it ever going to go away? You know, they ask questions like that, but it, as soon as like Britta, know, like she's pretty much just like you guys, you know, these are the things that you can help her with. The kids are awesome. And they like, Mathematics is on top of the slide, and the, the teacher blows the whistle and is like, "All right, it's time to go inside." And she won't get off the slide. One of the other kids will go up there and get her to come down, get her lined up. So it's pretty awesome. Great.
1: We should be more like
2: that. So, What's that? We should be more like that than adults. We oh yeah, for sure. You're right. I mean, dude, I trust me. I think about all the time about how insensitive I was to kids that were different for me when I was in school and growing up, and man, I just want to take that version of me and just shake the hell out of him and slap him around because, you know, I I had an opportunity then where I could have really, you know, impacted and been friends and and advocates for some of those kids that we grew up with in school. And I didn't. I made fun of them. I made jokes. I tried to make people laugh by, you know, commenting on them. And, you know, I really kicked myself in the butt for that as an adult.
1: Yeah, because anyone's ever met someone bouncing, they're the happiest, most cheerful people, loving people ever.
2: <laughs> yeah, they don't—they'll never have the problems that we have. You know, the the stresses and the worries and the things that we go through every day, they could care less. You know, they're just happy. They want hugs. They want kisses. They, you know, they want to play. They want to sing. They want to dance. They love music. I mean, it's it's just really enjoyable to watch Maddox and. um I actually have an, an adult friend named um, Jason, who I trained for several years, um, and then I ended up hiring, hiring him as an assistant coach back when I owned Marmon Muscle. And Jason just turned 40 the other day, so I called and talked to him and wished him a happy 40th birthday. But uh, you know, I spent so much time with him, both from from a coaching standpoint, but then also like trying to be. Uh, a buddy you know I took him out and I let him drive my truck in the parking lot he said he'd never driven a car I was like well you're going to learn today so I got to you know, teach him how to drive and teach him how to exercise and you know teach him how to like uh demonstrate things for a, a class full of athletes and it was uh it's just a great friendship and I, I miss not being close to him
1: yeah so overall what's, what's your biggest challenge right now just as a parent of like you need to.
2: What's my biggest challenge right now? Um, Probably my child without special needs. (laughs) I mean, my son is way more challenging um, than my daughter is. And Maddox is super sweet and easy. I think right now it's just making sure that she doesn't take on any of her little brother's behavioral habits just because Bo's five and Maddox is eight and he has a temper and he gets angry and, you know, he has some Personality traits that are not exactly something you want Maddox to be modeling. Uh, (laughs) So I think that's probably my biggest challenge is making sure that she stays sweet and loving and doesn't, her brother doesn't rub off on her.
1: (laughs) Uh, Bob sounds like this guy went (laughs) to (laughs)
2: college. Bro, it's so scary sometimes. I look at him, I'm like, oh, I mean, like he literally went from like throwing a fit uh, yesterday when we were with the rest of our family, he was throwing a fit one second. And then the second the family left and got in the car to go to the airport, he was bawling his eyes out. And I was like, oh man, I know where he gets this from.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. What inspires you right now? Just in general or as a parent, whatever you mean, what's inspiring you these
2: days? I think I'm to the point in my life where I get really inspired by other people's passions. You know, when I see anybody excited or ambitious or, you know, geeked up about whatever they get going on their life. I, that gets me inspired. And I want to try to either figure out a way where I can help them or encourage them or mentor them or just be their cheerleader. You know I mean? Selfishly, like my family is such a high priority in my life. Like that my family inspires me every day to try to be the best version of myself that I can be. Um, I'm certainly more focused on being a great dad and a great husband than I am being a great strength coach, um, where that was definitely different five, six years ago. Um, but, you know, I, I certainly am inspired by other people's passions and dreams. And I just want to use my life experiences and 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 tools to, to help them be the best they can do and make their, their passions come true. I
1: love seeing people win, don't you? C-P-Win. Yeah,
2: man. It gets me fired up, it really does. And it's to the point now where, like, I don't even... I don't even need or want credit if I help somebody out. It always feels good when someone does say thank you. But like at the end of the day, it's like, it's great to see people be successful. And I can't tell you how many young people that are in my Instagram feed or people that I used to coach that are just dominating now in whatever it is that they're doing, whether it's career wise, whether it's Olympic weightlifting, whatever, it just makes my heart so happy to see them doing great things. And, uh, and I'm, just, I'm just grateful I got to be a part of their journey.
1: It's good feeling man.
2: so uh I'm what are you curious about what am i curious about uh, i'm curious about um why they make uh children's toys so difficult to unpackage and assemble oh, like man. why do we why do we need to break out the tool set to take out a doll and why are these lego instructions written in hieroglyphics with numbers instead of actually a detailed explanation. That's those are some things I'm curious about.
1: Yeah. Like, I don't have to have a screwdriver on Christmas. Yeah. Right? They got those sharp packages. Once you cut them open, you can you could cut your jugular and die on Christmas opening a little doll. I don't get it. <laughs> don't get it. <laughs> dolls at this rate, I don't get it. But all right, so yeah. Tell me about this. What's your favorite restaurant anywhere in the world? This is a this is a non-COVID world. Ripley. Okay. Anywhere you want to go in the world, and what do I need to go, what do I need to get? Let's start with your
2: favorite restaurant. All right. There's a Mexican restaurant in Williamsburg, Virginia called La Terraza. My kids call it Lalo's because the owner there, his name is Lalo. He's Big Lalo. And then his son or his nephew, whatever, his name is Lalo as well. So my kids call it Lalo's. Um, You definitely got to get the jumbo skinny margarita, but just one because you get two. You're going to be a mess. And then for dinner, um, I recommend the fajitas la terraza or the chicken mole. It's quite delicious as well. My wife will tell you uh, to get the she'll say get the um, tacos carnitas with cilantro and onion. That's what she likes. So
1: I thought you were going
2: to say the pocket waffle from Tiger Time. Oh, gosh, man. No, don't go there. No, go there. So, All right, so if
1: anyone's listening right now to do something to better the life of a special needs person, what what could that be? What was something they could do? Just make make their life a little bit better.
2: Um, I would say just donate your time. And like, by time, I mean just like trying to develop a relationship with them. Like learn more about them. Learn more about, like just challenge them to be, the best best version of themself. Um, You know, I'm thinking back to my relationship with Jason. I like, I was a little nervous about taking him on as a client because I wasn't quite sure what he was capable of. And I realized really quick that he was more like everybody else than somebody with with Down syndrome. Um, At times he was just lazy. It wasn't he physically or cognitively couldn't do what I was asking him to do. Sometimes he was just lazy and didn't want to work hard that day you know so but I mean in the beginning I probably would have uh, this is a processing issue he just can't do it and I would have given up on him but like I was just persistent and I really challenged myself with like my delivery and my instruction and my exercise progressions and then I realized like this young guy can do a lot of cool stuff if you're patient and you put the time in but that's the biggest thing people don't want to give up their time they don't want to invest time in something that doesn't provide them with a good return on investment. And what I can, what I can say is like, if you get to know someone with special needs, the return investment is returning your time investment is just the relationship that you, you will create and develop. And it's amazing. It's lifelong. You know I mean? I, I miss my hugs with my boy, Jason and him telling me that he loves me and all that good stuff. And I'm just, I'm just so thankful that, that I have a, a daughter with special needs and that I get to enjoy that for the rest of my life, you know. I have a tattoo on my chest that says "The Lucky Few," and it's sort of a, um, a tagline or a campaign uh, that parents of kids with Down syndrome came up with, and all these parents were getting out these tattoos, and so I decided to get a bigger version of my chest. But it's true, man. I'm I'm blessed, and I am one of the lucky few that get to have a child with with Down syndrome. And it's funny when you when you meet other parents and they, they realize, you know, you have a child with, with Down syndrome, they'll honestly say like, congratulations. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's like an honor. It's nothing to be sorry about.
1: Yeah. I remember talking about how people would say, I'm so sorry to hear your daughter, I was like, no,
0: don't,
2: don't say
1: it's, it's how she was made. It's how we, it's how we love her like that. So yeah. Yeah. That's a weird thing. People, they don't know what to say. So they just kind of
2: and if people don't know what they don't know and again we didn't know like we were we were those people we would have said that prior to having a child with special needs so I really try not to judge you know I really just try to be patient and be an advocate you know like I work all day with people that use the r-word and I know they don't mean anything personal by it but like every once in a while I should be like you know what man there's probably a better word that you could use other than the r-word because it's it's degrading. It's disrespectful. And I, all I can think of is like somebody making fun of my kid one day by saying that, you know, and, and I know that's not the context in which most people are using it, but I think we could all take the time and pause and come up with a different word other than the R word. Cause we don't use it in our house. We, we don't say stupid in our house. Stupid's not a word that we say in our house. So we've had to get really creative to come up with our, <laughs> our our words that we want to use to describe somebody that's not uh thinking thinking too well that day so but again it's it's important
1: yeah oh man i know it's been an inspiration watching you become the man you had to be be a father so that's been an inspiration for me because we we're both knuckleheads we've seen that side it's been great seeing you really mature and grow up and become this person that can handle all this a challenge i know you love a challenge so you've been handling
2: i do and i remember you told me this years ago you said God only gives you what you can handle, yeah. and and I I true I try to really embrace that the idea that like God gave Brit and I Maddox for a reason.
1: Yeah, you can handle. It. Yeah. So, but I'll tell you, it's been an inspiration, man, and you guys, it's been a blessing, and I know you you're living it, so it's, it's great, man. So keep up the good work. We gotta we gotta end on a dad joke, you know? We gotta go out on this one. So, you know, I hate people that take drugs, you know, like. Airport security. So, that's joke. <laughs> All right, man. Oh,
2: good work that's so. good stuff.
1: What's going on well, good work. Cause like I said, you've educated me a lot on it. Um I, with my football players, that's something I preach now. Hey, we don't we don't say the armor. You know, yeah. Your phrase is the best. Hey, you can think of another word. You know, even if the cuss word, let's think of a better word. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I've done that and kind of pass that on so you're, you're making a difference there too. So, man, thanks so much for coming on, and uh, it's been awesome catching up.
2: Yeah, Joe. Have a good night, man. Enjoy your time with your family, all right? Thank you. Bye.
0: Hey, thank you so much for tuning in. I am so grateful to have these awesome sponsors. Go refinance your house to my friend, Dominic Garver. Here's what happened. I called him up. He checked out my info, and he told me I didn't need to change a thing. No trying to sell me on a bunch of other stuff I didn't need. Just Hey, just ran my number and told me you didn't need anything. So let him just run your numbers. He will do everything he can to save you years and money off of your mortgage. You can give him a call at 256-714-1429 or check out his website, rocketcitymortgageguy.com. And then Teak Patnick with Patnick Realty. He's a guy, he's a, he's a native Huntsvilleian just like myself. He's a licensed real estate professional since 2004. Hey, you're not just a transaction with Teak. He wants to build a relationship for life with you. And, and this guy does it all. General real estate sales, acquisitions, property management, investments. You know, prayer, hard work, ethic, honesty, and results are the foundations of what he's been built on. You know, you can trust Patnick Realty with all your real estate needs, and they'll be honored to be your turnkey agent for life. You know, I trust, trust teek and you should too. Give him a call at 256-694-0117 or email him at teak at patnickco.com. All that's in the show notes. You can look up it. Hey, is your child struggling with math? You know, are you frustrated trying to help them? Then you need Mathnasium of Madison. They will meet your child where they are and help them get where they need to go. And they will do this in a positive and uplifting environment. You will see measurable changes in attitude, confidence, and school progress. Go to their website, mathnasium.com madisonal, and sign up for the assessment. It is a risk and cost-free process that will tell you exactly where your child stands academically. That website again, mathnasium.com madisonal. And let's talk a paralab. You know, you can grow your business with creative merch. You know, they got branded merch, promotional swag. You know, you increase your visual awareness with signs, banners, decals. They can even do an online fundraiser for your school or nonprofit. Go check out everything they do. Go to their new website. They just did. It looks awesome. It's apparelab.ink, I-N-K. And you can also email them at theapparelab at gmail.com. Either way, use promo code RELENTLESS. Save yourself some money. Get some awesome products. Hey, support these awesome businesses who support positivity. I really appreciate them, and they will do you right. Have an awesome day.